He defecated through a sunroof. You are listening to Chaos on the Set, a chaotic TV and film review podcast. It has been a minute, but we are back to discuss the second best show on television, Better Call Saul, whose series finale just aired this past week. I'm Shruti. Unfortunately, we don't have my usual two co-hosts, Kate and Mike, here today, but we have assembled the Better Call Saul team that joined me after the mid-season finale, and I'm so happy to have them back because they're the best people to talk Saul with. First up, we have Noah, who also came on our Interstellar episode. Noah, how does it feel to be a three-peat? Oh, wow. I'm like Travis Scott for this podcast. That's great. Um, I'm assuming that you're going to tell me Succession is the best show on television. It is, yes. Okay, so I just want to make sure the pecking order. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page here. But it feels great. I'm excited to uh, talk about this this season finale and this show in general, because our series finale, because I'm bummed it's over, but there's a lot to discuss. So I'm happy to be here. Do you concur with my ranking that Succession is number one and Better Call Saul is number two? I'd say it's one and one A. That's the thing. Interesting. I I interesting. I don't know if I can rank one above the other. I think they're both, they're unique in their own ways and they're both so damn good that every time I watch and every time a season or now a series ends, I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's true. Well, our next guest uh, disagrees with me and he thinks Better Call Saul is the best show on television. Jacob, another three-peat guest. How is it like to be back? <laughs> um, I'm enjoying it so far, except that I don't even think Better Call Saul is the best show on television. The best show on television is RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but What about but scripted? Bes- scripted? Besides that, scripted, yeah, I would say Better Call Saul is the best. <laughs> um, you know, Succession, I think you only put that number one because you have a crush on half the cast. So <laughs> I only have a crush on Sarah Snook, okay? Everyone else, I don't. And now our final, last but not least, guest, Jacob's roommate, Jeremy, who I also watch Better Call Saul with every week. Jeremy, you're just a double guest. Sorry to <laughs> rain on your parade, but <laughs> thank you for coming back. Same with, no, is, Jake, is Jacob, are you a third, are you a third time guest? Yeah. All right, well, I don't, know, I don't know when I'll get that third time in. I mean, Better Call Saul's over. We'll have to think of something else, but. Uh, you just got White you Lotus just got season Stanza. two. White Lotus, yeah. White Lotus season two. You got to bring us on for that. Uh, I'm all Breaking in on Bad that. Two. Okay, yeah. You just, well, hold on, you just Costanza'd him. You double dipped him. Like you, you treated him like <laughs> Timmy in Seinfeld somehow. Wait, I'm sorry, should I, okay. Joining us, the best person to have ever joined the podcast yeah. ever before. Yes, yeah, a delight so to have. I'll, actually, we should get into this since we should talk about Better Call Saul anyway. Jeremy's predictions for the series finale were spot on. Jeremy, can I read you the predictions that you had? So I, as you all know, I run a Better Call Saul betting series in which, you know, people make predictions on what's going to happen in the show. And then at the end, I always put like an open-ended question, which you can't necessarily win points for, but you can just put your predictions in. Jeremy wrote, quote, Jimmy will be in jail, but he'll be at peace. He'll be the mayor of prison, living his best life, popular with the inmates and the guards, and help the inmates appeal their cases. Pretty much right. Then he wrote, I'm rooting for an emotional breakthrough and reflection for Jimmy. But since Kim had her catharsis last week, I don't think it'll happen. So you, you got the... Kind of right. Jeremy didn't write this. <laughs> Who wrote this? Jacob, wait, did you write wait, this? Are you are you serious? Like someone actually wrote that? I'm pretty sure I said like Jimmy's gonna slip on the bottle cap and he's gonna die. <laughs> and, the, and the last Kim's gonna be dead. Is, and Chuck like, will be mentioned in at least one 
seen, I, well, if I not in an actual that. scene. I probably Jeremy, I'm that. pretty sure this was you. Now I need to fill up. Okay. Do you not do you do you not have like these names to the people that submit free. these things? Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure it's I mean, a Jeremy. Just, I'm not unless it was another Jeremy. Maybe I have maybe <laughs> somebody else Jeremy? named Jeremy yeah. filled out this. How many Jeremys are in your life? Did you? Jeremy, did you fill out the series finale betting series? Because Jacob, I don't think you did. I oh, did. You know, I did. You know, I don't think I I filled one out. So so it's I should have just taken credit as uh, you know as you got down this line of questions. I should have just I should have just taken credit up front. I don't think it, I did. It, it says Jeremy. I guess it was another Jeremy. It was um, actually me, sure thing. If there's me. another Jeremy out there who filled out this betting series, congratulations! You are so smart, and I hope you're listening to this podcast now. I did it in my sleep. I was unconscious. <laughs> it's just the inner workings of my mind. Well, while we're talking about the finale in general, would love to see or hear, I guess, what y'all thought in general. Did they land the plane in this Better Call Saul finale? Uh, yeah, I think they did. I, I think that I don't know if there was a much better way that they could have, because I, I think with about three episodes left, once they really shifted over to the Gene storyline, more so full-time, so to speak, with the black and white to color back and forth, I was a little curious because I realized they're running out of real estate and I felt like they still had a lot of loose ends to tie up. They tied up the loose ends pretty well. The only thing that they didn't really do, they kind of left Gus with that last bar scene, which, which leads me to believe that they are leaving the door open to potentially doing a Gus, like a Gus only show, a show surrounded by Gus. I feel like that Gus scene at the bar, just like not being able to make a emotional human connection, but being on top of his drug world is exactly where we do leave him. Like that's where he is in Breaking Bad, where he doesn't really have friends, but he is a criminal mastermind. And I thought that was like a perfect final scene for Giancarlo Esposito, even though I did bet on him showing up in the series So finale. breaking news, Noah Eagle is homophobic. Uh, he didn't <laughs> like Gus's gay ending. I had nothing. No, no, no. There was nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I would have actually liked to seen it expand. I wanted to see more of but Gus's inner workings as a potential homosexual man. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> to me, that is they just left it there and they didn't actually conclude with it. That's that, my issue with it. But there, what, that was the conclusion that like he will not make that connection. He'll just leave because he can't bring himself. Like that's exactly where we meet Gus in Breaking Bad. I don't think we need another show. As much as I love watching Gus Fring, sure. I think that was actually the perfect ending. Yeah, I hear you. But that was really my only qualm because I was saying, all right, we don't get to see his meteoric rise. Like they kind of leave it off and they let us interpret how it all happened, which was essentially him eliminating the Salamancas himself. You know, the, the, my point was we never really saw any of Bolsa or Don Eladio in Breaking Bad. Like we never even heard from them or of them all that much. And then- We, we see them murdered. Right. You're saying we see, we see them, them murdered in Breaking Bad. Yeah. We see, we see them a couple times, you know, yes. in Breaking Bad. They always pop in here and there, particularly starting in season three. Correct. Um, but no, they're not, they're not, huge characters by any sense of the word which is why i'm totally fine with not having seen them you know towards the end of better call saul because i never thought of them as ginormous characters sure yeah but other than that i thought i mean i, I really didn't think they could have wrapped it up any better the fact that they brought back the emotional side of jimmy and, and kind of that last gasp of all he really cared about when it was all said and done was how kim viewed him I like that. Like that, that was the essence of the show. 
was how much of how much good was still left in him despite all the bad that he did and they they really found a way to do that so i like to me it's so hard to finish a show like this that is so beloved from start to finish essentially i mean we see it time and time again you think of game of thrones like the last season they got lazy the thing to me the here is they didn't get lazy like they, the storyline almost got more and more prudent and detailed as they went and that's what i like the most well my favorite thing i think about the finale was how it was kind of a a love letter to the entire series the entire universe there were so many references packed into that last episode uh starting with the crawl space reference that i pointed out when we were watching shruti of yes. uh, saul laughing in the jail cell uh, very reflective of brian cranston uh, laughing as Walter White in the crawl space. And then all the way up through Chuck appearing, Walter White appearing, making him the only character to appear in both the first and last episode um, <laughs> of the entire mm -hmm. universe. And uh, the way that they kind of bridged us into that this actually was a love story, which is not where I perhaps thought it was going as a show. I didn't you know, necessarily think of Better Call Saul as a love story. But I think that ending really sealed that in for me, that this actually was a love story, which is, you know, quite the opposite of Breaking Bad, I think. Breaking Bad is a love story between Walt and his ego. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, also, Jacob, the speaking of references, do you want to point out the plane thing that you told me about when we were watching the finale? Oh yeah, how they were flying on the Wayfarer uh, plane. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Nice, yeah, it was a nice touch. It was a reference to season two of Breaking Bad, the Wayfarer crash that killed 167 people. Um, and it was completely <laughs> Walt's fault, by the way. Because How do you the remember end, the number of people that died? Um, we, <laughs> we may have been rewatching it do you, recently. Do you really want to get into the inner workings of Jacob Bellotti's mind? I don't. I respect don't it. That's I respect what you it. want. That's a very good point, Noah. You do not want to go there. Well, Jacob, speaking of your mind, when we last recorded this podcast, you were very nervous about when we were at the midseason finale about how they had to wrap up, you know, getting rid of Howard's body and all of that, and then get to the Breaking Bad timeline and then get to the Gene timeline. Do you think? they ended up handling the pacing of all of that well um i mean we don't I, really do much breaking bad we kind of skip straight to gene yeah i mean i appreciated how quickly they wrapped up that other stuff i love that it was one and done one episode and that was all done because i honestly felt you know like mostly looking back on it that the first half of the season like that was already enough like that mm -hmm. was already almost too much and so like the fact that the second half they just took one episode got that out of the way and now we can start really seeing the aftermath of everything and how it all went down. I mean, Peter Gould said that the creator of Better Call Saul, uh, he saw Fun and Games, which is the second episode of this season, uh, this half of the season as like a bit of a finale, right? Where like that episode ends and Kim leaves Jimmy and Jimmy goes full Saul. And then the next three episodes, he said, are kind of like an experiment. He wasn't really sure how they would land with people. Obviously, it was a bit of a shock when the next episode, Nippy, was just like full gene. We didn't see anything going on in the backstory. But I don't know. It kind of felt like the last three episodes were dedicated towards showing us how terrible Saul slash Gene is, right? Like he's literally almost strangling Carol Burnett and like taking advantage of people, ripping off 
guys with cancer, all of that stuff to the point where I was like, oh no, they're trying to show us and prove to us that Gene Jimmy Saul is a terrible person and doesn't deserve a happy ending. I'm so happy that he ended up getting what I think is the happiest ending he could have had, but I was really expecting it to go super dark there. Let me just say real quick, sorry, then I'll shut up, is um, <laughs> I, let me just say, I think the ripping off the guy with cancer thing was actually how triggered he was after Walt. I think, no I think he was like, he was like, fuck this. Like, I'm, I'm getting this guy, you know, as a way, in a way that he couldn't get Walt. 100%. That's 100% correct. I mean, oh, when, well, I'm but, glad someone agrees. This is great. I agree too. <laughs> when you also oh. think about when you think about the last three episodes of Breaking Bad, though, with like, is it Ozymandias, Granite State, and then Felina, right? Uh, like those Ozymandias and Granite State are gutting. You have to see like Gomez and Hank die, and then you see Jesse captured, and then you see uh, Brock's mom killed, and like all of this terrible stuff to the point where when you finally get to the finale, it's like an explosive fun. Walt ends up quote unquote winning at the end of the day. You know, the series finale is still uplifting. I kind of want to say, even if the final other two episodes are super, super dark. And I feel like Better Call Saul kind of did the same thing. Agreed. I think like all, <laughs> I think all in all, um, I mean, just in my general view of the finale, uh, it's sort of those last three episodes sort of gave us a marked shift away from the other show that everyone was going to be comparing the ending to, which of course is Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. um, you just mentioned Felina, Granite State, Ozymandias. Uh, they both have the same flares in a certain sense as those last three episodes as like being a part of the Breaking Bad universe. But we can see sort of as they wrap through Gene's storyline, um, just how different I think those characters of, of uh, Gene, Jimmy, Saul is against Walt. Um, as I think the best, one of the best scenes of that last episode, in my opinion, was the scene with Walt and Gene and mm -hmm. uh, just sort of wraps, gives a nice little bow to both of those characters um, in just how I think evil Walt was as opposed to Gene, who's, who's a lot more complex and he has good, he, has, he does have good in him. Um, and to hear Walt say like, oh, you were always like this. And just to see how uh, Jimmy Saul was in the end, just how disappointed he was to hear that. Uh, he saw Walt as Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, um, they're both very similar. They are very similar. Yeah, but it just, I, I do. It, yeah. I Go do ahead. love the fact though, like the one aspect of the finale also that stood out is this, this idea that Jimmy was just a damn good lawyer at the end of the day. And if a path was different, maybe things would have, and if, his relationship with Chuck was different. Like all these factors, maybe if something was different, it could have gone a completely different lane. But that's what I thought was the best thing they did to tie it together at the end was like the moment where you're thinking, oh, like he's going to somehow wiggle his way into seven years in basically a, a country club of a prison where he can play golf every day, which is insane considering the laundry list of crimes that he's committed. It's that reminder of like, oh, no, no, he was just, he was just really good at convincing people and acting and doing this and that to get his way. So that also was a part of it of, yeah, there's the good in him, but from the lawyer perspective, like if Chuck was different to him or if Howard was different to him or whoever else was different to him along the way, maybe the path would have created something else. Like there was that extra reminder of he was just really good at his job. And I also think that, that episode at the very end of the finale, it does a very good job showing all three personas um, 
and you start as Gene, then you see Saul, and then Jimmy comes out at the very end when he says, like, call, call me Jimmy. I'm Jimmy. He says so, his name is James. Sorry. Oh, yeah. He's uh, even better. <laughs> That's so it's, cute. Oh, James I, M. McGill. I just think it is, like, it's so, it is a very sweet moment where he's like, the name's McGill, James McGill, because it's not even Jimmy anymore. He's evolved into this now fourth person. And then again, in the prison van sequence where he's like, the guy's like, you're Saul. And he's like, no, I'm Jimmy. And it's like the thesis of the whole show is basically who really is he? Do you think what Walt said in that bunker of the, oh, you're always like this. Do y'all think that is correct? Or do you think that he has a bit more of a soul? <laughs> I think there's a combo there, right? I, I think that both can somewhat be true at the same time where both the good and the evil always existed in him. It was just about his surroundings it's the same idea of nature versus nurture if you want to go back to psych 101 right mm -hmm. what was going to win out was it going to be his surrounding or was it going to be his innate ability is his innate feelings inside of him so i think we saw both of it i think we saw when his surroundings were good and with the people around him were good he was good and when the people like kim brought it out of him he was good but when the surroundings didn't necessarily call for it his natural state was to let me let me cut a corner and rip you. Let me let me find a way to get past this. Let me let me find a way to to cheat the system or do this or that. And that that was the also the part of the the time machine thing, right? With Mike and with Walt of what would you do if you had a time machine? And Mike goes back to a very specific date to fix a very specific thing, and he just goes back to a specific date to make a whole lot of money. Like that's also a telling aspect of the type of person he would be. Yeah. And that scene, that flashback that we see is during Bagman, the yes. season five, episode eight, which is before Jimmy has gone full Saul. But he's still in that moment motivated by money. You know, we see elements of Saul trickle into the show before he goes full Saul when he's like when he's with Kim at the end, saying that, like, he could be a friend of the cartel. And you know what that means? That means money. Like he cares about these elements of power. I don't know, because it gives him some sense of happiness. And when he loses Kim, that's like the only thing he really can go towards. Do you all think I mean, you know, because at the end of the day, Better Call Saul is both, you know, what happens after Breaking Bad. But in, when it was first invented, when it was first created, it was the origin story of Saul. Right. He starts as Jimmy at, in the beginning. Who's going to turn Saul in the season one finale? And then they realize oh, people like Jimmy. He's a good guy. Let's let's keep him around for a little bit longer. Do you think when he ultimately did go full Saul, that felt fully earned? Well, how could it not feel fully earned? It took six fucking seasons <laughs> to get to. It was earned. And then I what I actually loved was that he was Saul was the one character that they didn't even show you yeah. know mm -hmm. it was like he fully like they made such a better character out of this idiot like wise guy from breaking bad like that they didn't even need to show that character again and yet it's the you know the titular character Saul um but what I thought was more interesting was how I think Gene and tell me if you think differently, but I think Gene was worse than oh, yeah. Saul. Yeah. I mean, he was like, ready to kill Carol Burnett. Yeah, those those last like three or four episodes, like he was nasty and he got worse and worse and worse all the way up until, you know, the courtroom scene in the finale. And, and, and just prior to that, um, all the seasons before where we see Gene, it's almost like they do a really good misdirect as 
to who he really is. You think mm-hmm. he's a shriveled up version of himself as Saul or Jimmy and just, you know, just harmless. And then he turns into the monster that he is worse than Saul, as I agree with you, Jacob. I just I just feel lucky that I got to watch Jerry from Parks and Rec <laughs> eat a bunch of Cinnabon day after in day. an episode of Better Call Saul. <laughs> It did make uh, me want them. I, I heard that you guys have them for the fu- finale. I really feel like I have to go to a Cinnabon now just to eat it with a fork and knife. I you will don't. tell you, though, one whole Cinnabon. <laughs> I couldn't finish my Cinnabon. I had to leave it for Jacob yeah. and Jeremy to eat. And Jeremy, did you eat the Cinnabon? Yes, it's uh, it's done. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll let you know tomorrow. I, I just found out that my mom tested positive for COVID and I was with her last weekend, so... I'll let you know tomorrow if I test positive, you might have to also get a COVID test. Can't wait. Something to look forward to. Cinnabon COVID classic. All I know is this. Another Gene Tackovic crime. Yeah, listen, <laughs> giving Jeremy COVID. came with finishing your Cinnabon, Jeremy just burned and then some because he's been <laughs> in the gym focused. All right. I know that he is ready to go. If he has to That's run right, half right. a marathon tomorrow, done. All right. <laughs> Record time. <laughs> Half um, a marathon. Who do you think we are, Michael? Phelps? I think you're Jeremy Shapiro and Jacob Bellotti, and you can do whatever you say. <laughs> and we run to. full marathons. Yes, <laughs> you're goddamn no, right. All right, all right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. All right, never mind. Never mind. Um. Okay. So really quick, let's talk about the Jimmy Gene Saul timeline. So Jimmy and Kim get Howard murdered. Kim leaves Jimmy, and we. Be- I I guess we believe that is the last they talk of each other to each other. Jimmy goes full Saul. After he goes full Saul, they formally get divorced, right? Um, Kim comes back and he's like an absolute jerk to her. And it's completely aggravating. Like in those moments. Yeah. I, be- like, <laughs> I thought I, that was amazing. I don't do know. You, do you think those are the only basically two moments of time that they speak until that phone call at the end uh, um, when he calls her, you know, and she says, turn yourself in? Absolutely. I'd say so. <laughs> Um, oh my so god, yeah. what was that? Did you just cough, Shruti? <laughs> oh god. I might be coughing it. That, that's that Cinnabon is, is very close to becoming a COVID bun. So you're, <laughs> you're like right on the edge now. I really hope I didn't give you COVID, Jeremy, but just a warning. So far, I could so have good, so far. Um I just feel like I mean, I was really worried about. You know, because in better in Breaking Bad, Saul is a complete scumbag. And I was ready for in the series for them to like do some kind of retconning to be like, he wasn't that bad. Because for me, I was like, it's going to be really hard to get to that point to get to like him, you know, begging Francesca to go home with him and like harassing her on a daily basis. To which, by the way, uh, Peter Gould was asked, like, if he had a time machine, if he could change anything what would you change? And he said, if I could change anything, I would change what a scumwad Saul was to Francesca on Breaking Bad. We like kind of got to him being that rude on Better Call Saul, but not really. And so like I was ready for them to like literally have a plot line where they clone Jimmy and the Saul that we see in Breaking Bad is just a different Saul because I was like, he's just too nice. He has too much of a heart. But I guess losing Kim Wexler will make you go all the way down to this deep, dark path. I think that may have been the most jarring thing, at least for me, watching the season, that one scene where it transitions to Kim leaving him to him waking up in a bed with a hooker. Uh, Mm -hmm. It really, I guess you could say it was earned because we did watch all those seasons. We wanted to see Saul for like the majority of the show. It's like, when are we going to get to him? But it's just the way that they make the show that when we do get what we want, we're not like 
amazingly happy about it. I my heart kind of dropped when I saw when I saw full saw like yeah, it made me sad. Yeah, it was a lot of gutting moments until the end, which was I think a very I think it's a happy ending. Do y'all think they had a happy ending? I mean, he's in prison for the rest of his life, but at least Kim loves him, and that's all that really matters. I mean, what did you want him to be celebrated? Get the key to the fucking city? Like that wasn't going to happen, you know? I think out of all the possible outcomes, this is certainly better than a lot of people expected. I'm, I honestly feel dumb for, you know, again, with our betting series, we're like, is Saul going to die? Is he going to go free? Blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, it feels like so natural that obviously he would go to prison. Like, I think uh, here's another quote from Peter Gould when he was saying that when they started breaking the series, they realized the right ending for Saul was for him to be in the justice system as a suspect and ultimately a convict rather than a lawyer. The guy has lived in this justice system. He's made a farce of it. He's played it. And it just feels like the right place to end the series with him behind bars. And I'm like, oh yeah, like, duh. Why did I bet on literally anything else? It's just such a perfect ending. Like I'm honestly so impressed by these creators that like they created one of the best shows of all time and then created a spinoff series. And that series is better than the other their first show what a remarkable feat you don't you think th- you think that you but do you think that 100 it's better than breaking bad i, I, like I do i think better call saul is 10 times better than breaking bad 10 times yeah i, I think, think it's so much better i think better call saul is much more sophisticated than correct breaking bad. agreed it, yeah. they to me to me they've just mastered their the, the way they tell their story like to, so the storytelling aspect of it is better and i think that the to your point yeah the the sophistication behind it the character development, like they just took their time a lot more than they did. But the story arc of Breaking Bad is still just ridiculous. But it's that's the thing. Breaking Bad story arc is just like Walt going from a pretty crappy asshole chemistry teacher to just like an openly asshole meth cooker. And like at the end of the day, Walt was just kind of like, pretty incompetent and annoying and had an ego and that and watching the show for me like wasn't fun because you're just watching this incompetent man with an ego like try and like yeah but you're watching you're watching one of the best performances of like true true but when you're watching better call Saul you're watching like very smart people competent like Mike is like watching Mike work is so much more fun than watching Walt be a doofus and then even watching Kim and Jimmy scheme is so much more interesting and really getting to watch Gus work instead of just focusing on Walt like everything in Better Call Saul all of the characters are more engaging I think because they just they have the cartel story and the Jimmy plot line at all times those two storylines are always more engaging than the one Walt being annoying storyline you know like in every sense of the word characters plot dialogue Production design, better call Saul. Well, we were just laughing about this the other day. How ridiculously intense Walt is. It's like really almost comical. It's like you could put like a piece of bread in the toaster and he'd be like, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? This bread, you're going to leave it in too long. This is unacceptable. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, for a light brown. Yeah. You see this, this is mocha. Yeah. <laughs> what does that look like to you? <laughs> I feel like they did that. And when they bring Walt back in this series finale, they're like, remember how much of an asshole Walt was? Yeah. Like, yes. you thought he was fun? Yeah, no, he was so annoying to be around. Hence, Better Call Saul is a better show. Jeremy, you agree with me, right? You think Better Call Saul is better. I think it's sophisticated. more, And I think that both of them, I, it's hard for me to even decide. They are different in a certain sense from each other. They're not just like the same product although they're closely related but i do agree like if you go back watch better call saul 
for just like the plot, the characters. You can see how the show the show progresses into one thing into the next. The first like two or three seasons almost feel like a separate whole entity from what we were watching towards the end when it kicks into high gear for the Breaking Bad part. And I think the fact that it's still all like succinct throughout, even despite that makes it, I don't know, probably a, a more sophisticated show in some ways better. But Noah, to your point, like, Breaking Bad, the plot lines, rewatching it like right now, it's just so, it's just so iconic. It's just so, that, so like that was just, it for me, right? Yeah. Like I, yeah. I got I, before this season of Better Call Saul, I had the same thought. I was like, this is better than Breaking Bad. So I was like, let me rewatch Breaking Bad just to see. And I rewatched and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like it, I can't, I just can't definitively say one is 100% better than the other. I just think that they're different to, to Jeremy's point. They're different. But the plot line of Breaking Bad, like the way that they built that was awesome to me. But also just like on any given day, if you're like, do you want to watch an episode of Breaking Bad or do you want to watch an episode of Saul? I would just always rather watch Saul. Like who, why would you okay, rather well, watch? That's fine. That's your personal preference. <laughs> do you, you don't agree with me? You would rather watch Walt in bed being like lying to Flynn instead of, watching there cool per capita i just think there are more exciting entertaining episodes of breaking bad that are memorable i think oh, i disagree back, you're telling me you you're telling me the episode where where gus gets blown up isn't just one of the best <laughs> episodes of tv you've ever yeah. seen okay but let's just talk about this final season of better call saul right like okay. the i can tell you the premiere was really fun i enjoyed watching that with jacob and jeremy Season six, episode three, Rock and Hard Place, Michael Mando's Goodbye. Spectacular ending. Like that episode was so good. Season six, episode four, Hit and Run. Ray Seahorn directed it. I remember that being like a wonderfully directed, spectacular episode of television. The season finale or the mid-season finale, uh, Plan and Execution. Jacob and Jeremy, we watched that final scene well, that's so iconic. many that's times. The number of times we watched Howard Hamlin get shot in the head. <laughs> I can't even tell you. But and, you know what? And then, and then, and then, sorry. And then it comes back with, point and shoot which is like a thriller episode of television from start to finish and then like just every single episode this season like I can I can tell you the name of every episode because it's that seared in my memory for how good it was well before we go any further I I, I do have to admit I made a mistake earlier when I said Walter White is the only character to appear in the first and last episode of the franchise. How have we not <laughs> talked about yet? My icon, my hero, the mineral and purple queen herself, Betsy Brandt showing up as Marie Schrader in the series finale, Better Call Saul. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. ending. Who could ask for more? And, and we all know that she was wearing purple. That blazer was purple. Do we think that white. she was wearing purple? Oh, I, totally, totally, I don't know if, completely. I don't know if post- Schrader's yeah. death if she's she could like be a, given she up could, purple. She could have it was plum bitch. <laughs> it was plum. <laughs> um, yeah. she, she's graduated to fuchsia. Hey. Oh fuchsia. Wow. That's mm. no, I uh, you're right. She she was in the first one. I didn't even think about that before. That's that's interesting. So Marie is the queen, I guess, at the end of the day. Yes. I was always obsessed with her, by the way, not to go off on a Marie tangent, but I'm going to go off on a Marie tangent. People couldn't stand her during Breaking Bad. I oh, love yes. her. I, I love Marie. I mean, oh I my couldn't God. stand her, but I think she's a hilarious character. She's a hilarious character, but why did you love her? Oh, she is so intricate. Every little thing <laughs> she does is so like calculated and very specific. Like even her movements, it was just, she's just incredible. You know, she really brought it all out. She left it on the damn table for you. 
Um, speaking of female characters in Breaking Bad, y'all know how like there's like this group of people that hate Skylar White. You mean are most you, people? Are you yeah. part of? Are you guys part of that group? Oh, no, not no. Okay, hold on. There's there's a difference between hating Skylar White and finding certain seasons of Skylar White incredibly annoying. No, no, no. no. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I think those are the same thing, actually. <laughs> no, I kind of want you to elaborate on that. What would what did you find so annoying about Skylar? To me, Skylar White, especially earlier in the show, versus like later in the show, to me, it's like, all right, she's finally realized she's got no chance of fighting this, so she doesn't even try. And that's how it should have been from the start if she recognized who she was with. But to me, she was an overreactor early in the show. And I, I don't think so. She, she was Skyler a complete overreactor. Skylar came in as the absolute most logical, realistic character Thank you, of the entire show. No, she reacted I, I the way it happened. the entire time by her husband. <laughs> oh, and she handles it like a champ. To me, to me, the way she reacted when he told her that he was smoking weed, I was like, let's calm down. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's a dated that's reference. 2008. Yeah. I don't care. Also, don't she's care. Marie's sister. Like, think about what Marie is like, and then you can get, cut Skylar some slack. Yeah, but my my thing was, I I guess this is part of the show, and this is part of the, the reason that Walt becomes Walt, but it was just a clear, terrible match from the start. Like, my whole thing is, why would he have ended up with her, which they kind of go through with the company, and then the girl and everything else, the girl from Friends, but that's the only <laughs> reason. That's the only way I know her. Um, but to me like they were clearly a, just a bad match for each other and they just made us watch this bad match of a marriage just fester for years that's why i was annoyed by it because you want- we're following walt and i'm not saying that i'm rooting for walt by the end by the end no one should be rooting for walt they should be rooting to see what happens to walt which is what we get but it's more so like the little, little things in in the first two seasons or three seasons and she cheated on him. Like, let's, can we? Okay. Can we... You, are you serious? Mm. <laughs> she did. Oh, well, who hasn't, first of all? The position but... <laughs> he has put her in when she cheats on him, I think it's merited. Hold on. Are we saying that nothing happened before? Uh, okay. Well, now you're just extrapolating. Also, this is a Better Call Saul podcast. Maybe we should go back to talking about <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say, if you want to hate a character, you can hate Ted Beneke. All right? <laughs> I definitely I'm didn't not, like I, Ted. I really wanted a Ted Beneke cameo. Cameo? Yeah, Saul. that would be great. I would have killed for it. You mean like brain dead? <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't have been then. <laughs> Um, well, in the Gene timeline, maybe. No, but I want I want to see him in the Saul timeline. I think they honestly, though, balance the cameos really, really well. Mm. Peter Gould was saying that he would have like loved to see even more like Dean Norris or Anna Gunn come back for the finale, but he didn't want to make it seem like an overstuffed epic. Um, but the way they handled the flashbacks, I think, and like each um, time machine scene, um, I, they, the way they structured it, they say they're kind of doing it as like a Christmas Carol, Ghosts of Christmas Past. What's up? I got going? one final question. <laughs> okay. Did you guys all watch Ozark? No, we no. talked about this last week. <laughs> all right. That well, then I can't ask show. this question. <laughs> my question was going to be, what are, what are your, what's your opinion on Wendy Bird? If that's your opinion on Scott well, I'll, I'll tell you my opinion on her. Laura Linney sucks. All right. Why do you hate <laughs> Laura Linney? <laughs> Laura Linney. Oh my a- god. 
the acting we watched the the first episode of ozark when she turns to the kids and says your father is laundering money for a mexican drug cartel lost me so unbelievable Spoilers. so unrealistic one episode this is the first episode it's <laughs> <Okay>. the pilot <laughs> i never even finished the ozark pilot i was bored <laughs> Yeah, it's boring. There you go. I will listen. I'm not recommending the show. Let me put it that way. All I'm saying is to me, those from what I've seen and what I've talked to people and heard from people, those are the two of the most hated television characters, maybe ever. Who Skylar White and, and Wendy wife in Ozark. Yes. Well, I uh my friend was telling you about the other day. Um, if we're off topic, I guess we can just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Um, how Skylar White has a takes a like the creation of Skylar White comes from the character of Carmela Soprano, who is also, I, listen, I can understand hating Carmela Soprano. Like she sucks. She is very well aware and of what her husband is doing and quite hypocritical about it. Meanwhile, Skylar White is not aware of it and just gaslit the entire time into like thinking that nothing is wrong while something is very obviously wrong. Um, but comparing those two female characters, I think is very interesting. I'm just flabbergasted that you can be from New Jersey and hate Carmela Soprano. No, I, I love Carmela Soprano, but I do think Car- I think Carmela Soprano is a bad person. I don't think Skylar White is a bad person. I yeah, listen, I'm not saying that Skylar's a bad person, but I'm also not saying she's a great person at the same time. Like that's that's what I'm saying. I, I to me, you can't just look at her and say, good person. Really, really good person. I'm not like, saying she's just... like a ace-plus star citizen, but I think for what she's been through, at the end of the day, if you're trying to rank the morality of her character, you're going to net positive. Yeah. That's fair. But she's still an overreactor. Okay. Back to medical song. Oh, yeah, because because she threw a pizza on the roof of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Overreaction. Let's talk, about the fi- let's talk about the ending of the series finale. Uh, we have two scenes that are pretty spectacular that go back to back. First, we have Kim and Jimmy sharing a cigarette together, an echo of the pilot when Jimmy goes down to the parking garage and literally takes a cigarette out of Kim's mouth while she's smoking it and smokes it. I, I just binged Better Call Saul like literally a couple months ago to catch up in time for the final season. So I remember watching that pilot in February of this year and seeing Jimmy take that cigarette out of Kim's mouth and at that moment, I was like, oh, this is spectacular television. Do y'all ever have that feeling when you're watching like a movie or a TV show and that one scene happens and you're like, oh, I'm watching a masterpiece? Like it happened to me when I was watching Everything Ever All at Once. And um, have you all seen that movie? You haven't watched we'll get it? To we it. need to. We need oh to. Oh, my it. God. You're racist. You know, for me, for me, that moment was in the Westworld season four finale. <laughs> <laughs> Good when one. things at no <laughs> um okay but in that better like just because you can tell so much about those two characters from that one interaction of her just him just taking the cigarette out of her mouth and then to parallel at the end I, it just worked so well for me they originally had more dialogue in that scene and end up cutting it out because just the way those two actors act off of each other is just so electric I, it, it was you know a banger of a scene for me how did it work on y'all it's just what good shows do i mean and i think yeah, that feeling that you said you have, like, oh, I'm watching a masterpiece. I don't think any show uh, other than uh, any show other than Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, I've had I felt that more watching a show. Um, mm-hmm. Sopranos, The Wire, 
they're up there, but they oh, just. I was going to say The Wire, man. There's yes. one. There's one. Yes. There's one scene in season. Have you seen it or no? I'm watching The Wire for the first time. I'm on season five, episode four. All right. There's one scene in season one where McNulty and Bunk go to the crime. Scene oh, the fuck and- scene. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, they can make that work. All right. This is just this is incredible. I, for listeners who don't know what Noah's talking about. It's the scene, the entire scene. It's a cold open, I think, of an episode where it, the only line of dialogue that is uttered is the word fuck, but they go through the Truth, entire that's a bad word. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's an explicit podcast. I'm allowed to curse. Anyway, Jeremy, continue, because I, I completely agree with that. Yeah, no, it's just it's just when you watch scenes like that, especially as a, a scene that's supposed to sort of just cap the show, end it off. They're going to pull back from something that you've seen before. It's usually what they do um, and you recognize it and there's big significance to it and i think they just did it perfectly there at the very end and just the way um when he walks in and kim says hi jimmy like she's calling him jimmy and the way he like smiles when he calls when she calls him jimmy and like i don't know it's just the sweetest thing i'm obsessed with their relationship you're right jacob it's a love story and they they did it so well um, well, I'm usually right. So it makes sense. <laughs> it tracks. <laughs> it, it was also the last scene they shot for the show, which makes it, I think, a lot sweeter. And Bob oh, was Odenkirk, it really? Yeah. And Bob Odenkirk said that it was the easiest scene we ever shot. It was a lot of feelings from the six years we had working together. It was one of the few times where one of them isn't trying to manipulate the moment, push some argument in some directions. There are moments where they're watching a movie together and they're relaxed and they're comfortable. But this was deeper than that. The two people that are belong together, which is great for a long term relationship. Um, there's also a version of the series finale that ended on that scene, um, but, but then it ends up going to, you know, Kim leaving the prison and Saul shooting the finger guns at her. I think that's a little bit important because while I love seeing the two of them together, it's very important to see them separated at the very end of the show. But what do y'all think? Do you think it could have ended on the smoking scene? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it could have, but there is that added element. Like that's that's the key with these guys. They go above and beyond. So most shows probably would have ended on the smoking scene, but they they show the the next step. They always go that extra layer that maybe some other producers, directors wouldn't be willing to go to. That's what makes both these shows special to me is because they are they're not going to get lazy and they're not going to cut corners, even if their characters do. Yeah, I mean, we we were talking about it while we were watching it, Shruti. If you remember, like, there were, like, five scenes in a row towards the end there. I was like, roll credits, roll credits, <laughs> roll credits. I mean, I think, like, every scene there was almost like a finale scene. But the more I've been thinking about it this week, I do like the finger gun scene yep. at the end. You know, it's like, it, that's the, the moment where you're like, oh, he's in prison, but he's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because before that, it's like, yeah okay kim comes in and that's like a bright spot for him but it's only that last final scene where you really see like he's in prison but he's okay so also the show is called better call saul and of course that is very much associated with saul himself so just another thought there Another thing I just love about that final smoking scene is when they light the cigarette the one pop of color that we see in that scene is the orange of the it's not really orange but it's it's one pop of color in a increasingly you know black and white world for the two of them uh do you think kim is gonna see jimmy again or is this the last time i think she'd go visit him like once a year maybe if that i do think they'll see each other again i don't think that was like just the end of their entire relationship but um 
I don't think she's moving to that prison area. <laughs> <laughs> so is she going to stay with her yup, yup, yup boyfriend? <laughs> I, I'd hope not, my goodness. Um, well, she got back into law, didn't she? That was like the whole well, thing in that in that last episode. Well, I read that her, oh, that's that's true. But I read that, you know, she can't really be a lawyer still. She'd have to like really do the whole process again. And I don't think Kim will honestly go be a lawyer again. I, I think she's still a little bit too scarred from everything that's happened, but she'll, cause she's still not making decisions at the end of the series, you know, like not saying where to go to eat to her like coworker when they're trying to figure out which restaurant to go to. Um, but she has her small win of like volunteering at the law office. I, I, as much as I want Kim to go full out of suspension, live out her dreams again, I think this is, this is where it's going to rest sadly for her. I mean, she's still going to go back to me that that was the, the big breakthrough with Jimmy was that he's won her back enough that she'll be in his life. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's going to be for once a year or more than like three times a year, but it's not going to be, she's going every week. She's going twice a week. She'll go when she can go and he'll be excited when she can go and they'll share a cigarette. And that'll be that, that that's the way I saw it. Do you think that Cheryl is going to sue her for all <laughs> the money that she has and will ever make? <laughs> I'm a no. I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. I think the circumstances changed when Jimmy got caught, Saul, mm -hmm. whatever. I think that that was like, a, you know, if Cheryl's going to go after anybody, she's going to go after Saul after what happened once Gene got caught, you know? So I, I think Kim is off the hook. And after all that, a happy ending. Who knew? I'm happy for them. It is, it is interesting that even to get back into the prison, I'm not saying she's going back to scamming, but to get back into the prison and share that cigarette with Jimmy, she had to, you know, use her New Mexico bar card that doesn't expire, which is technically a scam in its own. So scamming Kim slash Giselle is still there somewhere, even if she's not. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's the name she went with. I really, I really would have, I would have like tried to get as creative as possible. If I was going to change my name, and because I don't feel like, did she get the, did she go the full, she didn't go the full route of the vacuum cleaner start out. Like she just decided to start over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause she doesn't, it's not like she, at that point, she hadn't broken Correct. any laws. So to me, if you, if you don't have to, like, if you're doing the vacuum cleaner and they're just going to give you the IDs, that's one thing. But if you have your choice of what <laughs> you're going to name yourself, you could get creative with it. I'm not saying you're going to be. I think Giselle is pretty creative. She, banana she, hammock, wasn't, but... she wasn't Giselle after that. She kept Kim Wexler. No, Giselle no, no. He's saying scamming name. Yeah, I think he's saying her scam his her scamming name should have been more creative. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well That's then I would saying. agree with you. Yes. Yeah. I so, think Giselle, Giselle is really creative. Giselle isn't nah, like a normal nah. run-of-the-mill name. I would have like combined two names. I would have made it like Jenica. Then that's creative. <laughs> but then nobody would trust you. <laughs> I disagree. Jennifer. They would have been like, wow, that's really unique. Can I can I pose a question? Yeah. Do you think it was necessary to see Chuck in the last episode? Yes. I think Chuck is such an integral part of the show that it was really nice to see him. I don't think it was necessary, but again, the whole Christmas Carol, Ghosts of Christmas past theme that they were trying to confront Saul with in this finale he really needed to see all these people that are reflections of himself and so that includes Chuck I, I feel like between Walt Mike and Chuck Chuck is almost the most important you know 
you know, I was, so, I was so happy to see him on screen when he came back. And then like, it took like one second for me <laughs> to remember how much I fucking hate Chuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was sweet. It, it felt like, you know, one of Jimmy's regrets in that moment was not staying and talking to Chuck, you know, in a, in a finale full of talking about regrets and how many regrets he really does have. Anytime Jimmy says, because you're my brother to Chuck, like my heart pangs. I think I, I mean, I'm a sucker for sibling stories. So they got me there in our, in our last podcast episode, when we were theorizing about how things will play out at the end, we talked about the, uh, Better Breaking Bad scene that they have in season four of the show where Jimmy hands uh, Jimmy tells Francesca to like go to a certain location at a certain time the phone is going to ring and we're like who's going to call Jeremy you thought it would be Huel um, a couple of us thought it would be Kim but it ended up just being Jimmy calling Francesca to get an update on everything are y'all a little disappointed by that or is it kind of what worked out for the best I think in the context, it makes perfect sense. I don't really know, going back to my my predictions, why I would have even thought like I wanted <laughs> it was, to It was kind Huel. of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. It'd be Huel. But that makes perfect sense. I'm not upset at that, like in the slightest. It, and it was like a way to cap up all the Breaking Bad loose ends that needed to be answered through Francesca. So that was nice. And it brought um, Kim back in. Sorry? And it brought Kim back in which was the crucial part of the call when it was all said and done. Do y'all think that Jimmy was almost worse, acted worse towards Francesca because he's one of the few people in Saul's life that knew Saul as Jimmy and knew Kim? Like nobody else in Breaking Bad knew Kim. And so almost because he's such a shallow shell of a human, he needs to prove that most to Francesca because she's seen his humanity. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize him being a dick. <laughs> or he was just a dick. <laughs> I mean, he was a dick. There's no there's no uh, argument against that. Um, what did y'all think about the episode titles in this show? Up until Nippy, it's something and something. And then when Jimmy and Kim split up, we lose the and moniker. I'm really annoyed because I had a bet going that the Nippy episode would actually either be called Walt and Jesse or what was it? Bromine, bromine and Beryllium. Beryllium and Beryllium. <laughs> uh, which bromine are and the, barium, elements, yes. the elements in Breaking Bad, uh, the title card. Um so for me, I was just irritated. Nippy is just a stupid title, I think. It was stupid. I agree. <laughs> was, Do you think they should have really stuck with dumb. the and nomenclature or does it work for you that after they separate, so does the and titles? If they kept it like one word per episode, I know that would not have yeah. worked. If they kept it one word, it's like, okay, well, that's definitely what they're going for. But then like you have Nippy and eventually you get Breaking Bad. I'm like, okay, well- what I like about Breaking Bad is that Better Call Saul has an yeah. episode titled Breaking Bad, and it's the first episode where we see the Breaking Bad characters. Breaking Bad has an episode called Better Call Saul, and it's the first episode we see the Better Call Saul characters. And I think Saul Gone is an expert series finale name. Waterworks, eh, I could take it or leave it. And Nippy is dumb. <laughs> but Waterworks had so many layers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the sprinkler system and the crying. And what's the third one? I don't remember. I don't There's remember a third either. layer, right? I don't um, know. There was, yeah. But. <laughs> There's a third one. We just can't remember it right now. 
Listen, um, okay. Linda, it's been a long day. All right. You know, you can't push. I know you just got back this. from the gym. It's been exhausting <laughs> for you. Uh, let's wrap things up really quick. We have Emmys coming up in a few weeks. These Emmys are just going to be for the first half of the season. So up until plan and execution, uh, we have Bob Odenkirk nominated for best actor. We have Ray Seahorn best nominated for best supporting actress. We have the show nominated. Do you think any of them are going to win? All of them are going to win. What are your predictions? I feel like Rhea Seahorn might deserve it. I feel like I know, she, but it's just such a has, tough category. It's it's a loaded category. This is the problem. I mean, the, it's going to be the problem with with just about any category they're pretty much involved in. Is you just mentioned that it's one of the top two shows on television. You've got another show in succession that is going to be gunning for just about all the same yeah. awards. So my girlfriend is against Ray Seahorn, Sarah Snuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, no, I know. I'm I, assuming, to me, she deserves it. That's just I, my opinion. I, I'm assuming that you know they're going to be they're going to do nominations next year too, right? For the latter. Yes. Half. So yeah. for the right. latter half, they'll be eligible. My concern is it's going to be like a whole ass year later. Is anyone right. going to care? Like. I think I listen, I think it deserves all the Emmys for the second half of the season too, but just there's gonna be so much more television the next year that I don't know. They did well at, at the at the most recent award, the Hollywood <laughs> Critics Award, which is, you know, nothing, but but you know, they they won on all fronts there. So maybe they'll but, can gain but, some award steam coming up, you know. There yeah, they could for this year. I'm worried about next year if they'll have a showing at all. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get nominated next year just because of how much TV there is. It's overwhelming. The recency bias. Yeah. I can have the recency bias. Although this right. year we had the White Lotus get nominated and that White Lotus came out so long ago. So you never know. It's coming out again soon, by the way, October. <laughs> but it got nominated for limited series, but it's coming back. <laughs> we love the Emmys. <laughs> um, all right, let's wrap things up. Do you have any other final thoughts or shall we conclude? Yeah, do you want to do you want to uh, watch Howard get shot again? In the head? <laughs> we can do that after we close out the podcast. OK, OK. <laughs> um, Jeremy, why don't you Jeremy, Jacob, why don't you tell people uh, where they can find you? Uh, you can find me at the Emmys. Uh, nominated. Are you going thank, to the Emmys? Thank you so much for for mentioning my nomination. Are you going uh, for RuPaul's? No, I'm not going. But for <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> um, other than that, you can fuck off. <laughs> okay. That means you're supporting Succession and not Better Call Saul. That's rude. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's oh rude. my god. You're a real comedy genius over there, shrewd thing. <laughs> thank you. Nominate me for an Emmy. Uh, Jeremy, where can people find you? Plug I'm your a podcast. private citizen. Oh, I, I will plug the podcast though. Uh, Jacob and I, we did Road Boys with an I, Boys with an I, at Road Boys Podcast. Um, the episodes they are they are up on <laughs> everywhere you can listen to a podcast. So have some fun and listen to us travel around the country. Is this did you on go to Stitcher? <laughs> we did go to Albuquerque. I would say episode. What was it like? Thirteen. Well, they're very easily easily we found. Okay. You can find. We 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 went to the um, Ozzy Mendez location. We, we went into out in the desert. We did go off off road, like driving to get to a coordinates that is you know easily identifiable as the Ozzy Mendez and Cook site as well. Hank's grave. And Hank's did you grave. cook uh, meth there? We did. We did. We, we actually cooked meth. We cooked tons uh, of meth. I don't know if this is something we should be mentioning, but we we did cook a lot of meth. So um, where is it now? 
We found the. What is this? An investigation? Well, we found, yeah, we found a really into cool, a deposition very quickly. We found a, we found a really cool wholesale, um, you know, seller. So um, we're 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 you know we're good. He runs Del Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Who is running the meth empire after Jan, after Gus Spring is gone, man? Um, did y'all see that domino effect thing of like? The small domino falling is Jimmy shitting through a sunroof, and the biggest domino <laughs> yeah. falling is the largest meth empire ever collapsing. <laughs> all because Jim, all because Jimmy McGill shit through a sunroof. Anyway, Noah, where can people find your work on the internet? Well, after uh, my third appearance on a podcast where I was called homophobic and racist, which was <laughs> oh fun, my God. Uh, I, I'm so sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I can be found pretty much nowhere now. I'm going to go into hiding uh-huh. in a basement that nobody will ever find. No, it watch uh, everything ever all at once. It's so good. I d- no, I do want to see okay. it. I just, I just haven't been, I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, I've been in a weird I've been in a weird movie mood lately. I watched The Holiday last night. I don't wow. Know why? Love I just it. did. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I enjoyed myself. Jack Black was fantastic, as always. Cameron Diaz was Cameron Diaz. <laughs> and pretty much everyone else, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, they did their thing. So I enjoyed that. But all we covered the good. holiday on this podcast, by the way. If you well, know. I'm gonna have to check it out. <laughs> I don't have a podcast to plug. I just kind of pop up. So you can follow me whenever, wherever. No Eagle 15. You'll find me there. And you can find me on Twitter at Micromonte. And then you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, although you can't log Better Call Saul on Letterboxd. But we are at Chaos on the Set on all platforms. We hope to see you there. Now, let me just say one thing real quick. I want to do a little disclaimer. Noah Eagle is not homophobic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we didn't cook meth. We, we, saved, we saved a reputation here. All right. Well, now I know you're lying about both. So I don't... <laughs>